week, another episode. I sat down on Sunday with Dom Diglio of Holy Gifts, a very talented writer-musician in the Philadelphia area, with a lot of projects in the works, including joining Best Hit TV with Andrew and Elaine from the previous episodes. We got to talk about some artists with very unique history. Um, I had a blast overall just recording, talking about music, talking about a playlist, uh, to get us through the hard moments. Um, I'm just hands down excited for all these recording sessions. This week, actually, I'm recording a BFF episode with my dear friend Justin Gonier out in Seattle. Uh, we are going to talk about his career evolution from letterpress to bridge nine to Pokemon and kind of evolving in DIY networks around the country. I am also sitting down on Saturday with Crystal Nyman of Philadelphia's Best Salon Architect. Um, and then on Sunday, I am sitting down with Deb Gilmore and Maddie Clouser of Secret Nudist Friends. We will be talking about Good How Are You Records, their booking company, Paper Scissors. Um, so s- keep sharing. Invite friends on Facebook to like Show Me Your Playlist. Find us on Instagram at Show Me Your Playlist. Uh, as well, we have a t-shirt up for sale, um, pre-sale at showmeyourplaylist.bigcartel.com. Uh, 10% of every sale will go to Philly's PMA bike ride, which I'm very excited to donate to. Uh, so check out an episode, share, and I hope you enjoy. <laughs> Hi, I'm Katie Kruger, and this is Show Me Your Playlist, the podcast where I sit down with musicians, artists, and friends in Philly, and we talk about what songs we would put on playlists. I am with uh, Dominic John Diglio of Holy Gifts. They are with me today. Uh, you have like a shoegazy ambient sound, right? Like, yeah. Is that what you would describe uh, Holy Gifts? I'm kind of. Yeah, because it's not like pop, like shoegazy came from... Um, like English pop, like dreamy pop. Yeah, like, like My Bloody Valentine, yeah. like all those yes. creation records bands. But uh, I would, I mean, I would say it's more like a lo-fi thing. Yeah. Now, the first the first record was very, like, shoegazy. How did Holy Gifts kind of come come about? Come about? Yeah. Holy, well, Holy Gifts came about, uh, well, I started playing solo shows maybe, what year are we in? 2019. <laughs> 2019? Fresh start. Fresh start. <laughs> So it was maybe seven or eight years ago I started playing solo. Oh, wow. Okay. How old are you? I'm 25. Okay. So from playing solo, it got to the point where like, I just started having all these songs that compiled over the years. Mm-hmm. And then after playing for so long by myself, and then like, you know, I would jam with other people, it got to the point where I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I can like, expand it just beyond myself. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'm the, I'm the main songwriter, I guess, like, curator of yeah. the songs. But so it's like your kind of project, but you're adding in instruments. Yeah, like, I mean, there's it's, it's always a revolving cast of people. Gotcha. Um, how long have you been in Philly? Where are you originally from? Or I'm, from where... I'm from New Jersey. Okay, you're from New Jersey. Uh, everyone, everyone Jersey. I'm having, yeah, Jersey. From Jersey. Jersey, which isn't a bad thing. There's a lot of Jersey pride. Lot. Oh, um, Jersey pride. Are you North Jersey, Central Jersey, or South oh, Jersey? Oh, so you believe in Central Jersey? Oh, I believe in Central uh, okay, Jersey. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I, I guess uh, I guess I'm from Central Jersey. Oh, okay. I'm from Tom's River. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to believe in Central Jersey yeah. when you're from Tom's River. Well, people will, like I've told people out there like, oh yeah, you're from South Jersey. I'm like, no. No, you would you could hear. <laughs> if you're from South Jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For South Jersey and North Jersey have two very distinct 
accents and then I feel like Central Jersey is very much like New York and it's just like encompassed so everyone kind of has their own dialect. It's so weird. It is. It's Jersey so is a great and weird place at the same time. One of my <laughs> friends, um, we were talking about like places to go and I was like, oh, I was like, the shore is really great, like boardwalk, when you like that kitschy stuff and I'm just like, but make sure you have your tetanus shot if you go to Atlantic City. Uh, <laughs> that's where I was born. Oh, really? <laughs> that's where I was born. Well, you know, I mean, like, like it is now, once Trump got in, everything went to, went to shit. Shit, yeah, basically. Shit. It's pretty much what happens when Trump gets in the mix of <laughs> anything. anything. Yeah. Yep. Um, he can even ruin McDonald's on American pastime thing. Yeah, right? Um, so, like how. Shining. <laughs> It's such a great reference. It is. It's like it's like a deleted scene from The Shining in my brain. Is I that... just thought it was superimposed. At I did not think that picture was real. I thought it was superimposed of him like yeah, standing I, there. Yeah, like I woke up, I guess the the morning after it mm -hmm. happened and saw that picture, and I was like, I'm I'm speechless. At I'm that speechless, point. Yeah. or I'm or I woke up and I'm stoned, or yeah. I don't I don't I don't know. What's is going this on. real life? Is this real? Also, this is the other thing too. Is you have to think of it. So it's the White House. So everything, yeah. everything's like curated. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's cold. Yeah. So it's just like McDonald's that's been sitting there for like three, four hours. And it's like, what was it, like a football team? Yeah, thing, it, right? was, uh, it was a college football Co team. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, it's like, oh, here you go, guys. Like, Here's what? this. I, was I, just, I don't like McDonald's. I don't like McDonald's. I don't like McDonald's, I like but fries. I have a really funny story about, I might have drank too much one night. Taylor took me to McDonald's. I, there is video that I'm not proud of. <laughs> Um, and I was eating french fries because their french fries are like crack to me and I'm laying on the floor and I'm feeding french fries into my mouth like they're Roman grapes <laughs> and I out of nowhere like, Taylor's like videotaping me and she goes you you enjoy those french fries I was like what does Kanye think about french fries and she was like what? Hey, I mean that's a yeah. It, I mean it was that relevant. is an, that is an interesting question though. Like, what does Kanye think of French, French fries? fries? And the next morning she showed me that, and it's just a running joke. So anytime McDonald's is brought up, I was like, what does Kanye, Kanye think? think about it? What does Kanye think about it? How did uh, you start playing music? Like, when did you kind of get into? What was your main instrument that you picked up? So I grew up in like a really musical household. Oh, that's great. Yeah, my mom was like a, a, a very huge music fan in like the late 70s, early 80s. So it was like your typical stuff like Neil mm -hmm. Young and Cat Stevens, but then it was like Billie Holiday and then like King Crimson. Oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, just yeah. like really weird, like Joni very Mitchell. Very just like, open and like all Yeah, just the like place. really weird stuff. Blondie, B-52s, like we were, B-52s is one of those bands for me that they don't get, they are just so much associated with Love Shack. And that, not that it's a bad song, it has its time and place, but like Planet Claire is just a great song. They're and so like, underrated. They are, they're not like brought no up No bass to, player. Right? You didn't think about that, no bass player. Um. So what, what, uh, what instruments did you first pick up? All right, yeah. Um, uh, the first instrument I picked up was well, if I want to go really far back, the first mm. instrument I ever had was a Fisher-Price snare drum. Yeah. And I was two years old. And I broke it in one day because I played it so hard. I, like, remember this. I have the memory of, like, like what? just playing it and the drumstick just, like, piercing right through the head and, like, being like, ah. Like, the just, little plastic just torn yeah. into pieces. But the first, but from that, the first instrument I ever played, I, I started playing drums when I was... 
So how old are you in 4th grade? Like 10 years old? Yeah, probably, yeah. So, yeah, so like 10 years mm -hmm. old, and they played drums for about two, two years. Mm -hmm. And then, so to go back a little bit, my grandfather was like a very like eclectic creative type. Like he was like a lithographer by trade, artist, That's went, to, went really to Pratt. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And also a jazz guitarist. I love it. My grandfather was a jazz drummer, so I understand okay, cool. that, like, yeah. appreciation. But, like, so, yeah. you, so you probably know, like, that whole thing, like, they both kind of caught the bug of that, like, big band boom. Yes. And with that, he became a guitar player and, like, learned all this technique. And, like, being a kid, my first love was, like, the Beatles. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to do that. So he bought me my first guitar and I was, like, 10. Oh, that's awesome. And then I got frustrated with it and I was like, I'm not going to play this. And then a couple years later, I started picking up guitar. Mm -hmm. And then from then, I went into all the other things that I do now. I feel like at 10 years old, we are very ambitious because we want to do everything. And we hear stuff and we're very influenced. Right. But then our like attention span, we need something to motivate us. Like We want to be musicians. Like We finally get the grasp of like what yeah. musicians are opposed to, I'm not playing this. It's too hard and it's, right. I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Um, so leading into that, like... So you had a really eclectic background and you grew up with uh, the Beatles. Um, what else, what other kind of music did you grow up listening to? Um, like, like what did yeah. I hear growing up? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Frank Sinatra, okay. Tony Bennett. You have to, lift, to listen to Frank Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, growing up in an Italian-American <laughs> household yeah. and you don't listen to Frank Sinatra is like blasphemy. Yeah, it's a sin. You have to do like a, four it, Hail yeah, Marys. It's a, it's, and yeah, it's a mortal <laughs> sin. It is. Um, so from New Jersey, did you grow up listening to like Bruce Springsteen? Was that a... Are you a Bruce Springsteen fan now? I am a Bruce Springsteen fan now, but for <laughs> years, years, I like despised Bruce Springsteen. Is that just a thing for Jersey? Like you either grow up like loving it real hard or like detest you, him yeah. until like you can appreciate him and understand him a little bit more. I mean, there's like three tiers of that. Like there's mm -hmm. people who like grew up with Bruce Springsteen and love Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. Then there's people who hated him up to a certain point and then like got it. And then there's people who just flat out hate him. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people that I know from Jersey that are just like, no. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen, not happening. <laughs> they're like, it's just not. It's like, Andrew said it best last week. It was just like, Bruce Springsteen and Bon Jovi, nah. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, Bon Jovi's, Jovi's the, the hard, hard no. Yeah. Hard, hard no. no. But... But Nebraska is a great album. Nebraska is a great album. It's so funny. So I guess I, um, before like going into it, I do like feeler questions um, and like icebreakers. I want to do the original or take cover. And it's basically, I'm going to give you a song and the two bands, like the original person who did it and the two band and the other band and that pick. covered. Yeah, that's like famous for it. And you get to pick which one you would put. Going right into Nebraska, Bruce Springsteen or the band Atlantic City? Oh, man. That's such a good one. <laughs> Damn. Because, like, um, the band is so fucking good, and you love them. Well, I love the band. Yeah, as do I, and I love Bruce Springsteen, but both of the Atlantic Cities are very different of how they're approached. I would probably pick the band version. Oh, really? I'd probably pick the band version. I'm going to go... I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. the Bruce Springsteen one's, like, so raw, and it's just, like, it the way is. it's recorded, like, on just a, a simple four-track. Yeah. But the band's version just like adds that like, like extra instruments just kind of emphasizes and it's more folky sounding. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that. I feel like if you put the two side by side, the band's version is like the more like quote unquote American yeah. one. 
but it is a very Philly song. I had to explain the Chicken Man to a friend. I don't. I, okay, can you explain it to me? I don't know who the Chicken he Man was, is. So um, they really did blow up the Chicken Man. They blew up his house in South Philly. He uh, came on his porch and they put a bunch of explosives. Like it was like an inside mob hit. Really? And, yeah, and they put explosives underneath. Uh, his porch so when he walked out it blew up so okay. the other one is kiss or talking about jersey again it's just like one after another uh kiss or rod stewart hard luck woman yeesh to be fair it wasn't all of kiss it was just peter chris who was doing hard luck woman um but if you had to pick one hmm. that's a hard one <laughs> it's a really hard one probably I mean, probably the kiss version the kiss version classic kiss is classic uh, do you are you familiar with Robert Hazard? Um, I'm not. Okay, so Robert Hazard and Cindy Lauper did. Um, Robert Hazard first did "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," and it is really cool. And I really want to play it for people who don't know because a lot of people think Cindy Lauper wrote "Girls yeah, Just Want to Have thought, Fun." Yeah, I thought she wrote it. Nope, it is Robert Hazard, and it is very. Are you a fan of like '80s synth? Poppy yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He did it maybe like two or three years prior. I also appreciate. This is what he looks like. <laughs> Great hair. Right? Great hair. Ooh, this is good. Right? It reminds me of like New York Dolls. It does. Oh my god, this rule. Right? So if you had to choose. Oh, that one. That one? Yeah, Hands that one definitely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and now, the final one. Are we doing CCR or Tina Turner, Proud Mary? Oh, damn. Um... <laughs> I love Tina Turner. You got... Do you love CCR? I do love CCR, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'd probably go, you know, I'd probably go with Tina Turner. Tina cause Turner? Because it, it's just like... It's the one that we know the most... Like, we hear the most, and it has the most energy with Tina Turner. Yeah. Like, you, you instantly hear her, like, just belt out Proud Mary. You just want to start, like, throwing your hands up in the air and think, and, like, trying yeah. to dance like her. Yeah. Like, you, it just, like, embodies you. When Where you it's like it. when you hear the CCR version, you want to, like, sit by a creek and wear flannel. Yeah. What was your first concert? My first concert was uh, the Tours with uh, the Black Lips opening. Are you serious? Yeah, that was my first concert. Of course concert. you have, like, a cool, like, first concert. Well, I was, like, <clears throat> I was, like, super late to the concert. Like, I didn't go to my first concert till I was, like, till I was, like, 15. Okay. So, how long have you been in Philly? I've been in Philly, like, a year and a half. Okay. So, you've had some time to kind of, like, immerse yourself in the music scene here a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Uh... How would you describe the like Philly music scene to someone maybe who just moved here or is visiting here or trying to like start here? My uh, my facetious answer would be it's a bitter mistress. <laughs> but uh, the realistic I answer. Think, I think that is still the realistic answer. That is, you know? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. That kind of is it too, mm -hmm. in a way. Because it's like there's some parts of it that are like... I don't know, it's like, I've seen like many different sides, but the two sides that I've noticed the most, that there's one side that's like very community based mm -hmm. and very much like inclusive of a lot of different people. Yeah. And that's like super 
liberating. Yeah. And so, so it's a relief. It's a to, relief. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like the other side, which is kind of a little bit of the uglier side, mm -hmm. where it's like. It's the gritty side. Yeah, it's the gritty side. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's like the grittier side where it's um, like very like clicky and like. It's hard to break through. I. You got to know somebody. There's the mean girls aspect of it. Exactly. Being that like, it's so high, it's so cliche, but it is. It's so clicky, and you're just like, I don't. Well, no, because people because people love to be too cool for school. Right. It drives me crazy because. We just keep getting older, but like we're not getting more mature about taking in new things and like learning new things or appreciating right. new things. And being like, yeah, I, I don't get it. That there are a lot of people that strive to make a very inclusive community. It's just there are times that you're going to go into a situation in the Philly music scene and it's not always going to be as inclusive as you yeah. want it to be. Um, so I am very eager to talk about, I asked you to make me a playlist about um, everything will be okay playlist. It's songs that can get us through the hard moments and days. And uh, I think we're finally like entering the hard days of winter um, for those easily yeah. affected by like seasonal depression or me. just depression in general, <laughs> right? Um, and I think that I'm very happy that there, we're getting to this moment in in time that we can start talking about mental health and like illness and like being more <clears throat> open and honest about it and right. not having it be kind of, I know that I deal with it a lot, especially during, like I'm very seasonally affected and um, I wanted a playlist of songs that can have like comforting feeling to like get you through those hard days. Um, we kind of like often choose music that mirrors our emotions. And so you made me a playlist. Um, I wanted to know what was your approach to making a playlist or making a playlist specifically for like our hard moments or days. Well, to be totally honest, uh -huh. the, mo the majority of the music they listen to is like to do that. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, so to, it was to, an easy. Thing, it was. Right? It was. It was pretty easy. Just like, oh, let me just like put the music on here that like I listen to the most mm -hmm. to like get me through the day. Or I enjoyed because you took the time to like find a cure. Like you really curated a flow to this playlist that I appreciated. Thank you. So we made a playlist. You made a playlist. I made a playlist. You made the playlist. I listened to the playlist. Um, it was great because I have been getting over like a, a stomach flu and I need it. I thought like winter is never going to end and it's just going to suck ass for the rest of time. <laughs> um, uh, not that sucking ass is bad. I'm just saying that like, <laughs> I'm just saying that for me. The feeling was just not mutual at the time. Um, but like I said, you took the time to curate like a good flow. And I like that you started off with like an instrumental. Um, yeah. I love instrumental and you kind of perfectly placed each instrumental song like in the beginning and like a little bit mid to the mid like way and then just like right before the end it was like perfect once you hear it was kind of like giving yourself a break of listening to the song right and just like feeling it you started it out um with harold budd haru spring did i say that right haru? yeah okay. haru spring yeah um what was your your choice of like adding these instrumental songs and starting it off with this song well the like my like playing music mm -hmm. And like also writing lyrics 
for the, the majority of the time when I'm home, mm-hmm. I try to listen to music with no lyrics. Yeah, but it's, it's not... but it's also like just sometimes too exhausting to yeah. like listen to someone sing and like try to process it. Yeah. Because your brain's working and yeah. you're trying to work yeah. the other part of your brain to like write your own stuff and yeah. without being influenced. So I like listening to so I like listening to like ambient music mm-hmm. or instrumental music to kind of just like have like a lull. Yeah. To kind of just like play in the background so it's not completely yeah. silent, but it's enough to where like it's a comforting sound. Yeah, um, it's like it's just like cradling what's going on. Yeah. I and it's a beautiful song to start out with. Um you also put uh, I love Earth so much, and so when I saw it on here, I listen to Earth before I go to bed. All oh the my time. god, me too. That record, I love yeah. that album, The Bees Made Honey and the Lion Skull. Uh, you put Engine of Ruin, and it was cool because like you put Engine of Engine of Ruin um, and Gold Dust by Duster, which are both kind of cool atmospheric instrumental bands, but like Earth is heavier, where the other one is more like um, like Earth is more heavy and droney sound, and like. Gold and Duster is more like atmospheric sounding, right. um, and they were like perfectly placed um, as it was going into it. Uh, I suggest anyone who enjoys like experimental instrumental music, if you haven't listened to Earth, you should listen. You to should Earth. listen to Earth. Yeah, Earth is so good. Earth- I, I met Dylan Carlson. What really? Yeah, was I- it a really cool meeting? Uh, he was cool i didn't make it cool so (laughs) i was at this cafe in south philly near Mm. south street (laughs) and like uh sleep was playing the electric factory and he was opening yeah and it was really recent it was recent it was like it was like over the summer Mm -hmm. and it was really ironic because i'm talking to my friend I'm zoning out, looking out the window into the street. Yeah. And I'm talking about this show. And I literally was like, I'm like, yeah, like Dylan Carlson's going to open. Like right when I said that, like I looked and he's walking down the street. And so I like a, like a total dumbass. I like ran to the door, opened it. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. I, I like love like just like like literally like open the door of this cafe. Everyone's like looking at me. It was like, like a reflex that you like just a reflex, and I was like, I'm sorry for making this so weird, but like you're one of my like guitar heroes. And he and he was like, so he's like, oh no, it's fine. Like my name's so, Dylan. Nice to meet you. And I was like, oh my god. And it was like. It was at fu- least it was a humbling experience until he was like, fuck you, kid, bye. <laughs> yeah, no, he didn't do that. He was like, yeah. oh, it's so great to meet you, like, blah, blah, blah. But as you replay it in your head, you're like, why did I fucking execute it like that? Why? Yeah, I, <laughs> there's so many things that keep me up at night, <laughs> regret-wise, regret and that's, like... Sometimes you get a reflex. You're like, if I don't do this, I'm never going to have another chance to do this. And So I wanted to go into the homeless wanderer by do you know how to properly say her name emma hoy emma hoy tesuji i think okay mariam garbo very beautiful name ethiopian ethiopian yeah ethiopian nun yes she has a really interesting story so i'm not familiar with her but uh she is a pianist yes Um, she was a she was ordained as a nun at 19 years old, mm-hmm. and she released an album in like the late 60s, like 67. Yeah, like 67. Yeah, and she released like two albums. Uh, 
it, I think like she released one in 67 and one in like 69, mm -hmm. 70. Yeah. Uh, on this like German label. But name. She now, she's still alive. Oh, really? She's, yeah, she's like 96, 97. She's like, she lives in uh, Jerusalem. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because she had to leave. Uh, Ethiopia, like I think, in like the late '60s, due to like due to, like, due to, like conflict. conflict of it was like a religious conflict. Yeah, like religious of, yeah. war in, in Ethiopia. But um, absolutely beautiful uh, musician, and the fact that she was, and I was like reading a whole story about how she was like extremely sick. Yeah, she's and, amazing. Yeah, um, but I wanted to play a little uh, a little part of her song. We will do. And it's it's funny how I found. How did you find her? I was I was uh, so I had a friend of mine who went to school in this small town in Vermont. Okay. And there's nothing in the town. There's just mm -hmm. the, the college and there's like literally like a main avenue. Yep. That's and everything's on the main avenue. Pretty much. And there was all this tiny, tiny bookstore. Mm -hmm. And there was like a little rack, maybe like a foot long of just yeah. CDs. Just like a just like random CDs. And her CD was there. Okay. Because um, there's this series called Ethiopiques. Not familiar. It's an amazing, amazing series. It's just all Ethiopian music mm -hmm. and it's all Ethiopian and uh, Etrian music. And it's beautiful music. It's beautiful yeah. music. So it's like it's like everything ranging from like more like rock and roll kind of doo-wop mm -hmm. stuff to stuff like very minimalist piano yeah. to very religious music, like uh, religious harp mm -hmm. to blues to jazz. Okay. It's it's a really Very really eclectic. yeah like if you're looking into, if you're looking to get into like world music or to be exact African music mm -hmm. I would suggest listening to the Ethiopic series. Okay. All of it's on Spotify that I know of. Gotta love when Spotify just uploads yeah. as much. Well, there's like, like thirty volumes. Oh wow. Yeah, it's a huge huge amount of music. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, but her but her volume was sitting there. And there was just something about the cover. It's actually the cover that's in Spotify. Yeah, it's just like it's just like her face, and it has it has the you know Amharic yeah. script. And I was like, huh, this is interesting. It's like two dollars. I don't know what this is because it just said like her name and then piano solo. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna check I it out. I love playing record roulette at shops. Me too. It's one of my favorite things. I I did it yesterday with um, the Buzzerfield. Blue. Oh, Paul Butterfield Blues Band. Yes. Yeah. So I, I saw that record when I walked yeah, in. Yeah. I I just picked it up because I was like, I knew the name from like Muddy Waters. This has got to be good. And I picked it up and it's so good. It's and I was a like, great I record. won the record roulette yesterday. Go into a record store, pick a genre that you think that you that you know that you like. Find a band, don't get intimidated, set a budget, pick that record up, and be like really stoked that you found something that maybe you wouldn't have found any other way. It's like one of my favorite fucking things to do. Same. It's just... Yeah, I like doing it with like seven inches. Ooh, that's good. I usually go by like the cover. Two to yeah, four it's like songs. Two, yeah, it's yeah. Two, two to four songs. So you have two to four <clears> songs, <throat> you get lucky, and they're some, for the most part a little bit cheaper. Um, yeah, it's like two bucks. Yeah, that you get to play around with. 
um, and a lot of singles. So there was a lot of people making seven inches at, at a certain time was cheaper. You could press yeah. them at like the mall at one point. Like you oh, yeah, to, yeah, you could just like go to the mall and just like record your record and then yeah. just like have a, a single. So there's a lot more out there on seven inches. Buy vinyl, everybody. That's, yeah, that's, just buy that, vinyl. That, Support your buy, local buy, record buy, store. Buy, buy vinyl. Buy physical media. Not just vinyl. Buy physical, physical. media. Exactly. If buy you, CDs, buy cassettes, buy vinyl. I... A track. Okay. Real yeah. real. <laughs> if you really want to get crazy, I love cassette tapes. Wax and cylinder. CDs, I managed to scratch the shit out of. I don't know how to take care of a damn CD to save my life. So, CDs are not something I am a proponent or like. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, my, uh, my, so like in my house, my, mm. in, in my house, I have this like, uh, I guess you'd call it like a like a music station, oh, yeah, a music yeah. station that my that my partner like got for me when we moved in together, and it has like all of like our records and like CDs, but like I'm such a stickler about that stuff. Like all of my stuff for the most part is like immaculate. <laughs> yeah, like, like all of my records have the like plastic cut. Like I'm oh, an, okay. I'm I'm totally neurotic. Okay, I have I'm, a problem. That's <laughs> and I I mean I have like the cloth and stuff. Yeah, and little... just, yep. And I'm like I'm gonna clean it. But whenever anything is like stacked or near something hot, I'm just like we're just gonna move it. Yeah. One of the songs on here was. This is like an anthem for anyone who is having a hard time, needs to get through it, is John Lennon's Hold On. Um, you were talking earlier I had um, that you were exposed to the Beatles at, a, at an early age. Right. So like, were they one of your favorite bands? They were like, 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 when I was a, like, okay, I'll put it this way. When I was a kid in like kindergarten, mm -hmm. They do, you know, you do that thing, it's like, pick your favorite superhero. Yeah. I picked, like, I think I picked John Lennon. When that's, I, that's adorable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> even, even though now, like, looking back, I'm like, Ugh. I might have picked a different one. I might have picked a, a different bit. one, or like, none of them, or just been like, the Beatles is like a conglomerate figure. figure but yeah. Like, Whether you love the Beatles or not, I wasn't exposed to them at an early age, like, finding them at a later age and kind of exposing myself to it and realizing, you know, they're their impact on music and like how a lot of bands that I enjoy now, how they were kind of influenced by them and hearing the different sounds. Um, I, so I didn't have, I don't have an opinion on John Lennon and Yoko and like yeah. that whole thing. Like there, there are some friends of mine that go down yeah. like a, a tangent real right, hard, yeah, a real hard, tangent real hard. And I'm just, I'm looking, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. You know what I care about? I care about enjoying a song. I care about yeah. like, I think, I, I think I also, I have like this, like, like weird, like connection to it because when I was, when I was like young, when I was like mm -hmm. eight, the first two records I ever remember buying were the Beatles white album okay. and that album. And those stick with you forever. When you yeah, buy Yeah, that's record, my favorite yeah. album. That's literally my favorite album of all time. Uh, um, I was also really excited for the Minutemen. Um, oh, nice. They are like the revolutionary kings of like blending different sounds together. Like they kind of started in that punk post-hardcore era and just were like, fuck it, we're gonna do jazz. We're gonna do funk. Did you grow up like liking punk music or? Yeah, well, uh... Like when I was like a when I was like a younger teenager, mm -hmm. like thirteen, fourteen, I had a really good friend of mine who I remember we were having a conversation and he was like we were both like we were both talking about like what's the most aggressive music we've ever listened mm -hmm. to. And I played like some corny thing like 
the Sex Pistols or something. Those are like the worst band. <laughs> yeah, they're so bad. But Public Image is, I love Public Image. Sex Pistols as a whole that gets put on such I, a high yeah. pedestal. Oh no, they're just, You're just like, no, no. no. Shitty fucking band. Yeah, fuck Sid Vicious. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> drunk dude who just did not know how to play his instrument. Yeah, I mean literally the bass like, was unplugged. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, the bass yeah. was, he just stood there. Yeah. Whatever, he was a shit, but, um, but I, like, was like, yeah, the Sex Pistols, and he was like, okay, well, did you ever hear Black Flag? And I never heard Black, yeah. I never heard Black Flag, and he showed me Damaged. Oh. Like, this, I, I think it's at the end of the album, it's Damaged 1 or Damaged, damaged 2. I think it's Damaged 1. And, and it's just, like, it's just, like, this just, like, feedback, it's just, like, Henry Rollins breathing into the mic, like, oh, this is Henry, and I was like... And my mind was like blown. I mean, like SST records, like, mm -hmm. like for me, especially in like the ethos, I pull a lot from like Discord and SST. Yeah. Because so many great bands that like changed my life and changed so many people's lives came out. I mean, you have Black Flag, Minor Threat, mm -hmm. Husker Du, uh, The Minutemen, yeah. The Meat Puppets. Husker Du is one of my favorite Oh, man, Husker is so great. Mm -hmm. I just bought a copy of Metal Circus, and I was just so happy. It's one of my favorite EPs. <laughs> Masterful. They're so good. And, and Zen Arcade is just such mm -hmm. a good double album. Agreed. So fucking good. Uh, but kind of breaking off doing a, a different thing is uh, you put Karen Dalton on here. And yeah. I, I told you when you first got yeah. here, I was like, I'm a Karen Dalton binge. Um, I found her when I went to an art gallery they had her records playing okay, cool. just in like the background she has this like very unique voice she sounds like billy holiday if but folky like yeah yeah she she, she yeah she has this like it's I, like it's like if billy holiday spent a lot more times in the mountains yes exactly like if she was in a cab if she if billy holiday embraced a walt whitman lifestyle uh, Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I never I never thought of that. Yeah, embrace like, that. like she never sang original songs, right? If is that Yeah, she, she never she never sang original. She sang mainly like folk standards and like covers. Yeah. Like on her second record, um her second album. So was it nineteen sixty six was her first one? Yeah. And then it was It's So Hard to Tell. Who's going... Yeah, that's the first record. Okay. It's so hard to tell who's going to love you the best. Oh, but... In my, in, in my own time, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. I don't know why that is. In my me. own time, yeah. Just so people have an un, like an idea. It's something on your mind. Walt Whitman, Billy Holiday. Holiday what the actual term is for that like that it's not yodeling. bellow yeah it, it's like a bellow while singing like it so there was also some like funky beats in this like things that like you had to shake your tush to at um it was what is uh broadcast uh, yeah broadcast yeah michael a grammar 
just hearing Michael, 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 over and over. Like, you can't not be happy. Are they from England? Yeah, or, from like, England. Yeah. yeah, we're from England. Okay. Yeah, because uh, the, the lead singer, Trish Keenan, okay. like, had a, like, by freak accident passed away maybe 10 years ago. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, they were, they were a four or five piece, like, English dream pop. Yeah. Synth-based kind of band. I think they were on this. I actually think they were on the same label as like my bloody Valentine. Okay, they were. Um, uh, you also have you a lot tanga. Is that a Jersey Pride thing? Does everyone love? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean I love, I love Yola Tango. I I'm trying to explain it the right way. I feel like Yola Tango is quintessential in like what a rock band, especially now, should be. And I feel like with them, I feel like that that message that they pass on is mm -hmm. like no limitations. Yeah, don't restrict yourself. I mean, even as even as three people, mm -hmm. you know, there's they always try to make this very full sound. They do have a very full sound. Um, I'm going to uh, play Autumn Sweater just because we didn't get to play a Yola Tango uh, song last one. We we got on like tangents and so, and I really love, um, is it on what is it? I, uh, and, and, I can and hear, hear the, the heart beating. Is one. Yeah, this album is a great, great album. Also, Sugar Cube is a great song too. It, <laughs> Jersey loves Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, I should have thrown Patty Smith on there too. I know. I. But like for a three-piece band, such a full sound. Yeah. Also, I feel like this song should be in like every 90s like indie teen film. <laughs> Going into one of my absolute favorites, hands down, Cat Power, Sh Sean Marshall. Oh. Seriously? Did you see her when she played here recently? No, I did not get tickets in time to play. Did you get to see yeah, her? Yeah, I got to see her. Actually, it's funny. I think yeah. I have the ticket. I think I have a ticket in my wallet. <laughs> Sean yeah, Marshall I do. has. Oh. <laughs> I love that tickets and wallets are still a thing. My dad used to have this huge wallet and he would keep all of his ticket stubs because oh, wow. all of, we don't, we all use our cell phones now to get into shows as like, Oh no. Students. Anytime I like, I try to not, I try to do roll call as much as I can. Oh, well, and you avoid most of the fees. Yeah, when... And you avoid the fees, but, <laughs> but minus that, I try to like have the physical Go copy of the, yeah. Ticket, you know? As like a, a memory token. Because having like, a piece of paper you printed is like, oh, I have not this the paper. Same. Exactly. There's not a nostalgic. You need that or... hard cardstock. <laughs> Just got to have that great font. Yep. <laughs> um, but Sean Marshall, uh, she has been an inspiration to me um just because like she's always been unabashedly herself with her music yeah that's same right like such a huge inspiration um just being the artist that she wants she plays music when she damn well feels like it she um she got like sick didn't she didn't she have some weird she so when her last record came out uh son mm-hmm there was a song off that record called Manhattan that went to to the top of the charts, yeah. and literally when that happened, she 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 had like she found out later on, but she went into like uh, like anaphylactic shock or something. Yeah, something about like her body was swelling. Yeah, she or, she yeah. has she has this like autoimmune disease. Yeah, and then she found out she was pregnant. 
No, well, that right. was like a couple years later. Later, oh, okay, okay. Like in between, like in between touring for Sun and the record that just came out, Wanderer. Okay, yeah. Um, but she got like really sick. Yeah, she, she got like, like she she'll like pull back and then it, and then go right back into it. I mean, she's kind of like always. She's kind of just like gone through the ringer mm-hmm. her entire career, and always bounce bounce back. I mean, I remember, I have friends of mine that saw her during the greatest tour. Oh, really? Yeah, and that was like really that was like a really bad point because she would like come out on stage, mm-hmm. play like a half of a song, and then like hide under the piano and like just cry, cry. and Ugh. like freak out. And then leave, and, and people were like, "What the fuck? What, what's like, happening? Like, I just like, spent all this money. Yeah, I spent all this money here, yeah. and that's a hard." Um, but one of the things that I love about her is that she has this talking about making a, a, a loud sound. She is so simplistic, piano and her vocal. Like, she does not need. She is so powerful on her own with how she writes music that she doesn't need multiple instruments to like muddle it. Basically, yeah, she's so inspiring. And, and I feel like, I, and this is like biased of me, but I feel like everybody should own, like her first six records. I I agree. I think that they're it's perfect. Per- yeah. they're perfect albums. Um, I was especially Moonpicks. Oh, Moonpicks is Moonpicks. Moonpicks is like the dark side of the moon. Of, yeah, like there's like this like niche, of like, like dreamy singer songwriter mm. lo-fi people like me yeah who heard that record and were like damn that's what i'm that's, that's it the, this is the holy grail with cat power um you also put scout niblet on here i love scout niblet. yeah um uh sweetheart fever which is also sh- uh kind of lumped in with cat power and pj harvey yeah, type this, music very simple picks and chooses when she wants yeah. to put stuff on she, but also incredibly heavy yeah so I, so like and that, so badass. Um, I want to play. This comes after Yola Tango, anyways. I am going to play uh, Scout Niblet, Heart, uh, Sweetheart Fever. See, like what I love about this song. It's like it's like a love note written on a wall. Mm-hmm. It's just so innocent. It's like it's just like this like tape hiss, and it's like recorded, but just like one mic, probably. Yeah. And, 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 and I feel like it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm just gonna give you this and then I'm gonna go. Yeah. Like, here you go. This is the first try. Yeah. It's like recorded on the bathroom floor. Yeah, it's but like, I feel like yeah. it's just like such like, just like a, just a good sentiment. One of the things, so you put a lot of songs on here. I know that we can't go through all of them, but um, right. Sun Low Sun um, Sunflower by Low was a great song on here. Um, I am very happy to share this playlist with everyone. Who ended this playlist with Arthur Russell, who was also like an incredibly classically trained cellist, amongst. But I talking about like the Chelsea Hotel and the yeah. this the whole culture around it. Um, I didn't know as much about him except outside of like. I knew that his name from Allen Ginsberg. Same, yeah. Poetry and like his poetry performances. Yeah. Um, and then when you put him on here, I just I I I researched him more and and learned more about like his classically trained cellist and uh, he played uh, North Indian music. Yeah, he or, played. Yeah. He studied with um, Ali Akbar Khan. Okay, um, but again, absolutely beautiful. 
um, and really, he also produced like disco at yeah that he time. Made, yeah he made a bunch of disco records under like like he produced he, he would produce disco and like make disco under all these like weird aliases least, like yeah. Dinosaur L Dinosaur Indian Ocean mm-hmm. Killer Whale Loose Joints a very humble guy who yeah. just wanted to be a part of uh, of doing There's, stuff but just not in the limelight of things. Have you seen the documentary about him? No, I have not. It's called Wild Combination. Wild Combination. But you realize like how much of like like a literal like maestro mm-hmm. that he was. Like he was unbelievable. His like craft of, of But it's just like a person that like I don't he's like so inspiring to me. Like he's literally, like he's literally in the background on my phone. Like That's amazing. Yeah, like also, I loved how chill that pe- picture is. It's like him in a ball cap and a sweater, very eighties. Yeah, it's like a cello. t-shirt. Yeah, t-shirt. Yeah. It looks like big with cello with a cello in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, his musical arrangements, even with that, I knew from like Ginsburg performances, were just eerily like. But I wanted to play for people who aren't familiar with Arthur Russell. <laughs> It's right off the bat. It's beautiful. This this whole record is just him and cello mm-hmm. and like little electronic implements. And it's immaculate. But now like listening to this album, I listen to this album. I now can pinpoint like at least 10 indie artists that have to be directly influenced by like the way they sing and the way they produce like, their music. Goose, like, yeah, I always get goosebumps when I hear this. I, all of his music. Because yeah. he, because like beyond this, he made like new wave mm-hmm. country music, disco. He made orchestral pieces. Oh, really? He made, he, he, he did it all. And he's so inspiring. I like And they're not tiny albums with no, like small songs no, by no. no means. Like they're like they're like full full thought out songs. It's not like ideas. I don't know about his other albums and I'm going to listen to more of his albums, but it's so nice to have an album that you can start to finish that you don't feel like you need to skip over because each one is like a a story that you're listening to. Well I mean the whole thing with that album is that it all, it like, together is like this just narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I heard World of Echo, I was, I was maybe like 19 or 20. And I just like, I remember being like floored because I'd never heard anything in my life like that. And it, and it li- like, it literally felt like I was just like in this, I felt like I was drowning in mm. the best way. Yeah. Because it was just like, it's like just, everything just coming on it, top of, yeah, like everything just, like, every, just, it was just like, like waves yeah. and just like, this just like highly echoed reverberant cello and just his voice and it's just like so hush. And then to find out that like because he because he met Allen Ginsberg through mm-hmm. studying Buddhism. Yeah. And there's this really great article that's it's actually an essay written by this guy named Matt Marble. And it's called Buddhist Bubblegum Pop. Interesting. Well, because in an yeah. interview, he's, there's this radio interview that someone did with him, and they were like, well, you know, what, what's, what type of music are you aspiring to make? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just trying to make Buddhist bubblegum pop. And it talks about how his faith, his belief in, mm-hmm. in, in, like, Buddhist ethics, like, went into his music, into the point of, like, especially on that record, you'll hear, like, just these monosyllabic mm-hmm. noises. 
And he's taking things from like ancient Buddhist scripture, like mantras. Okay. So if it's like a love song, it's like using, oh yeah, it's like, this is like, this is like a, a mantra about boundless compassion. Yeah. This is a mantra about loving your neighbors, so on and so forth. So it's just like so magical. And so true to who he was. Like he was yeah. never trying to produce something that wasn't like, that wasn't him. Like Yeah, he always just put, he, like from, from what I've gathered, from what I've read about mm -hmm. him, is that he's always just tried to be totally naked and blunt. Very authentic. Very authentic. Yeah. That's like, in, that's really hard to find. Even with the most authentic music that we think, it we're still no matter how much we try to put out the most authentic, we're always constantly in the back of our heads being like, is someone going to like this? Yeah. Should I fine tune this to be a little bit more easier? Like we always yeah. struggle. We're constantly in a struggling battle because we're putting it out there for other people to enjoy, but we don't realize that like we first and foremost need to enjoy what we're producing and that with him being that authentic, I now want to watch the documentary. And yeah, and there's also a book that's really amazing oh, too really? called Hold On To Your Dreams by this guy named Tim Lawrence. In books, I just finished Girl in a Band by... Okay, I have it. I haven't read it yet. It, it's one of those things. So are you a Sonic Youth Oh, I love fan? Sonic Youth. Um, actually talking, I know we ended the playlist, but uh, one of the songs on here, what was it? Uh, reminded me of... Uh, Devendra Hart, something French. Oh, um, Devendra Benhart. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't uh, familiar with this artist, but once I heard the song, it um, it made me think of Sonic Youth's cover of Superstar. But I want to thank you for making this playlist for me. It of was course. amazing. Thank you for having me on here. Yeah. So what's in the works for you now? Uh, with Holy Gifts and what projects are you working on? I am writing another Holy Gifts record. You are? Yeah. Like in, doing... the, in the midst of it? Yeah, like in okay. the midst of it, like doing a lot of home recording or starting a lot of home recording. Mm -hmm. And then I'm playing drums with Andrew and yeah. Elaine in Best Hit TV. I'm excited to see some of those shows. And then I have like a bunch of other projects that are up my sleeve, like writing wise. That's awesome. And working with other people. Mm-hmm. Just kind of expanding and doing yeah, different just, things. Just getting my name out there. Yeah. Um, you are on, Holy Gifts is on Bandcamp, and are you on Spotify as well? Yes, we yes. are. Okay. I <laughs> I swear, Spotify is like the Instagram of music. It it's like convenience at its finest. If it's not on Spotify, people don't listen to it. Like it's getting to that point, and yeah, we have whereas, to change like, that. Where Bandcamp was that for at some yeah. point, and now it's like, oh, it's not on Spotify. Next, nah. yeah, like, exactly. I'm just like, what? Come on, um, get I, off the internet. Yeah, throw <laughs> your computer out the window. <laughs> listen to this episode, then throw it out. Yeah, the listen to the episode, <laughs> then then throw out your computer. Go outside for a minute. Um, we're gonna play Holy Gifts, Three Faces. Can you tell me about? Three Faces? I wrote Three Faces maybe about five years ago, I think. Yeah, five years ago. And to be totally honest, at the time I had no idea where it was coming from. It was mm -hmm. just like, I literally wrote it like 20 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and... But then but then as time went on, uh, I saw this thing where there, in, in, in Japan there's this mm -hmm. view of Three Faces where there's like... Yeah. There's the, there's the face that you have into the public. Yep. And then there's like the face that you have... With, like, the most intimate of people, whether it's, like, your family or your friends or, like, mm -hmm. lover. And then there's the face that's, like, the deepest form of yourself. Like, who you are, like, yeah. completely alone. 
Gotcha. So like over the span of years, like like part A attached to part B, it's like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I like that. Well, it was originally called Three Fishes, and I'm happy I didn't. I didn't. I'm happy I didn't keep that title because it's just like Three Fishes instead yeah. of Seven Fishes. A good little Italian yeah. Christmas ah. Eve, little Italian Christmas Eve going there. Well, we're gonna play Three Faces. Thank you for coming on. I'm excited to see Best Hit TV do their thing. Question.